0: If anyone's out there, blink twice and keep listening. Blink twice and keep listening. So, hi Teamsters, I'm Carrie Ann. And I'm Allison, and this is Podcast Without an Audience, where two friends pick two topics
1: and find intersectionality. (laughs) Or not, we don't know yet. Welcome to our first episode. How do you feel? I'm excited. I am so excited. <laughs> I'm nervous. I've got like a whole whole bunch going on you got inside right now. You got butterflies and the tum-tum? <laughs> I do, yeah. Um, but I feel really good and super optimistic. Um, I have so many ideas. I feel like I've just been writing things in my little notebook for days now.
0: So the origin of the podcast the name is pretty fitting because we at this point have no expectations and no audience like as of today (laughs) there's no one out there yes Um, but we're hoping that there will be one day (laughs) um someday very soon fingers crossed pretty please <laughs> send out good vibes yeah but we created uh the name originated from um we had a discussion group that we kind of created um kind of pre-covid but like we were still really like craving like discussion and conversation and connection and, yeah and something other than a book club like god i don't want to read a fucking book i know that you do like I you're, mean, a reader. you're read. an avid reader I'm not. I want like the abridged <laughs> version. <laughs> the SparkNotes version of right. everything. I just want to show up and have a conversation and, and talk about things I, you know. Are interested in I'm, and care yes, about. Exactly. Yeah. So I think this will give us a good opportunity to research new topics. And you are going to be. Yeah.
1: So I'm going to be mostly talking about psychology, but. When I say psychology, I'm also including social work and sociology. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, who knows? I would love to talk about queer topics as they relate to psychology at yeah, some point.
0: Absolutely. Um. Yeah. And so then you are. I'm going to be talking about history and history adjacent topics. So we'll see. I mean, I feel like I have the right to go outside the box at any time. I'm reserving that right. Right, granted. Right now. (laughs) But um, that's kind of the idea. Before we get started, let's pour a glass of socially distant champagne. Yes, my friend. A little ASMR for those of you at home. (laughs) So I don't know if you know about this or have heard of him, but there's like this kid, basically. I don't really know what to call him. He's a a young boy. He's like under 10. A a small human. A a small human, yeah. So he... um, listens to rap music and basically I know it sounds ridiculous and he uh like writes reviews I guess on it and literally in one of them he's like pouring himself a glass of like Trader Joe's like (laughs) juice of like you know cucumber and you know something like really is that not what you
1: you drink when you are listening to rap music
0: it is but he literally references (laughs) ASMR and he's like under 10 and I was like oh my god that's like the gen z or whatever, yeah. you know. Um, that's that's what they're growing up with. It's like they already know what the shit it's is. So true. So at the beginning
1: of the pandemic, I downloaded TikTok mostly as a way to pass the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and there's a whole rabbit hole you can go down of uh, ASMR on TikTok. And I'm I've sure. Become
0: obsessed. I'm big on it on the YouTube, which is like the old version of. TikTok, yeah,
1: I guess. you and my brother both are into the youtube thing um, i don't have a tiktok because i just feel overwhelmed by it well rosie o'donnell and wayne brady now have tiktoks which means oh my that God. you need to get one too
0: <laughs> i haven't thought about rosie o'donnell in like ten, <laughs> 10 years what does she do what does she even do on tiktok does she just do like like is she mostly she's an it's Harry at the now. Spy. It's, just reenactments of harriet the spy it's right? And she's
1: just telling everyone how much she loves them. (laughs) But she she mostly just watches and like duets other people's videos. And it's like, good job. I'm proud of you. (laughs) And it's like, oh, this was funny. And like, I love her sense of humor and her Mm -hmm. style And it's so comforting to just watch her and hear her voice. I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, hey, Gully. Mm -hmm. She has not yet referenced Harriet the Spy, which is frustrating. That is Because it was my favorite movie as a kid. Absolutely.
0: She's doing herself a disservice. Does Harriet the Spy... It does not count as a cult film, but I feel like... Well, no. I mean, there's probably a cult following. But I see where you're going with this. So we have been talking
1: about things that we want this podcast to do and to be and to become um so I was super excited the other day and called Allie to say hey um you like cults we've both I like cults <laughs> I've we almost all- joined a cult
0: <laughs> you- <laughs> yes that makes one of us <laughs> um We both
1: love cult-adjacent. Cult-adjacent. That's my thing.
0: Cult. Hashtag cult-adjacent. So the idea is that we're going to be doing an additional episode a month discussing cults. And cult-adjacent, like cult
1: movies. Mm -hmm. um, Anything that might have a cult following.
0: In cinematic form. Yeah. 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 Uh So So we'll be doing cults. Period. Cults. Period.
1: mm mm-hmm. um, So, before we get any further... Oh, God. You got, like, so serious. <laughs> this is a serious topic. Oh, God. Before you leave tonight, mm-hmm. before we leave tonight, we uh-huh. need to watch Fried Green Tomatoes. Oh, which
0: sweet,
1: we Angel. We may be the only people in that cult. No I, I don't. don't think so. No, no, but no, no.
0: That's like our friendship movie. It is. We watch this movie... Every time. I mean, well, it started when you were in grad school, and you would come back, and we would um, be using it to catch up, and it would be like our background movie, movie yeah. when we would be talking and stuff for hours and hours. And I mean, we so much quote wine.
1: every line to this movie. Yeah, it's so comforting. At least 50% of my texts to you mm-hmm. are some reference <laughs> to fried green tomatoes. But... But our dear Cicely Tyson passed away. That fucking sucks. I know that we're not releasing this episode. It's our first episode, and we don't want to release just yet. We want to have, you know, a few banked up first. Mm -hmm. I will still be missing Cicely Tyson whenever this episode is released. She was Sipsy. She was Sipsy, who... The movie isn't perfect. Like, Fried Green Tomatoes definitely has... Some problematic representations of people of color. Agreed. Like I'm, I hear that. I'm, I'm, I get it. Um, but she was like the older black woman mm-hmm. who basically raised the main character mm-hmm. and was around for the entire story. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not going to give too much away, because I do want to cover this movie in it's one of our cult the episodes. The thing I will say
0: is that she's supposed to be like of different ages in the whole <laughs> movie. And, you're and like, she looks um, identical from start uh, to finish. I don't know if I believe that necessarily, but no, yeah. she's fan-fucking-tastic. And that movie is so near and dear to our hearts, and... We love it so much. So, just piggybacking off the cult topic and our podcast in general, I think we're really excited to be discussing topics and to be here with you all. All, none of you. (laughs) you (laughs) With each other's two best friends. We've known each other for a long time. So, but also maybe just like go ahead and get this out of the way that. Um, we're going to be talking about a lot of different topics and, you know, so I do want to kind of take this opportunity just to kind of do the, you know, introduction into like who we are and obviously a lot of the things that we're going to be discussing are going to be from, um, the perspective, uh, of, of two white women, which is what my 23 and me has confirmed yeah, i yeah. am in fact yeah, exactly. is white <laughs> they're like oh. super um, white
1: you are yeah and we're privileged in so many ways yeah um we both have college degrees mm-hmm. we're out here and trying our best and we enjoy learning and growing absolutely
0: so one thousand percent so just putting that out there um anything that we say is not the end all be all right you know we're open to growing and And all that jazz, so... Absolutely. Okay, CA, so what is our psychology topic for this week? I'm so glad you asked, Allison. (laughs) Thank you so much.
1: (laughs) So I thought in order to really start us off on the right foot, we should go back to ancient Greece. Oh. Ancient Greece. Obviously. Yeah. Um, Because really... The father of modern medicine is from ancient Greece. We're going to talk about him. Okay. Um, Also, a lot of theories of communication Mm -hmm. and psychology and just, you know, Mm -hmm. philosophers contemplating the meaning of life all happened here and started here.
0: Are we going to be talking about the relationships between older men and younger men? Probably not. That's <laughs> not at this time. <laughs> uh,
1: that we are just going to say for, save for a future that. episode. We'll dissect that later.
0: <laughs> Got it.
1: <laughs> yes. Before we really get into it, I just want to say that everything I read in preparation for this episode all referenced women. Okay. But we know that gender is a social construct and Mm -hmm. we're really talking about people with uteruses who are frequently assigned female at birth. Sure. Some people are born with uteruses and some people are born with penises and Mm -hmm. some people have both and some people have neither. And all of those things are fine. Absolutely. Um, And they have no impact on gender identity or performance. Yes. Okay.
0: So that's. Yeah. Just putting that. That's good. No, that's a good place to start so that people understand where we stand on these things. Thank you.
1: Because our first episode, I'm going to be talking about... I'm going to let you finish your champagne. Oh, no, I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) Our first episode, um, I'm going to be talking about the wandering womb. (gasps) What? Have you ever heard of the wandering womb? Oh, I'm so excited. Wait, where could it go? All over the body. (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah, so... We're we're going to dig into it, but first we need to talk about what a womb actually is because we don't okay. really use the word womb anymore. It's kind of passing. I haven't used it in a long time, I'm sure. So uh, I think most people are probably equally familiar with the word uterus. Oh, uteri. <laughs> mm. A uterus is an upside down pear shaped organ, light
0: like bulb? a light bulb. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, I was I was like saying, is saying that. that. Correct. Mm. Yeah, like a light
1: bulb. Mm hmm. And it is typically located in the lower region mm-hmm. of a person's body. Mm-hmm. Um, it's where babies are housed. Yeah. I was going to say, is it bigger than a bread box? <laughs> but. No, it's smaller than a bread box. Right, got it. But much like the buns baking in the oven, mm. zygos be baking. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk about Hippocrates. Okay. Who also studied the
0: uterus or the oh. womb, as it was called. Was he obsessed? Like mm. he was a little obsessed. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, how man. can you not be? It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> it's life. It's a pear-sized <laughs> thing that grows a human. Fucking mm-hmm. uh, like magic. That is magic.
1: I mean... (laughs) That is magic. Women and people with uteruses are magical. Amen. So, Hippocrates is considered to be the father of medicine. And he's actually... You may have heard of the Hippocratic Oath. Does that mean anything to you? Yeah, I've heard of it. So, the Hippocratic Oath is basically what doctors and nurses take. Like, they take their oath Uh before becoming doctors and nurses. It's like the do no harm Okay. Oath. Yeah. Okay. Which so like do the best you can do. Exactly. And at the very least don't hurt anybody don't, if you can purpose. help it. Got exactly. It. Okay. We're jumping around just a smidge, but the Greek word for uterus, which is the word that the Greek word that Hippocrates would have used for like the womb or the uterus was hystera, mm. H Y S
0: T E R A. Now you're giving me a look. Yeah, that's probably. What does that mm-hmm. word sound like to you? It sounds like hysteria. It which sounds- is the shittiest thing
1: I've ever heard. Yeah, exactly. So Hippocrates was like, here's the womb or mm-hmm. the hysteria. Women or people with uteruses can be hysterical. Just so emotional. So it must be because Insulting. of this pear shaped organ in their bodies. He was kind of obsessed with this thing, actually, which reminds me a little bit of our other good friend slash enemy, Sigmund
0: Freud. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like the counter of that, like the obsession with the uterus instead of the obsession with the pain. Exactly. Yeah. I even
1: wrote down if Hippocrates and Freud had lived at the same time, they probably would have had a podcast about their various obsessions because they were very much aligned and what they felt caused women in particular to become hysterical.
0: Yeah, that's so interesting because nothing was about men. It wasn't about like what made men assholes. It was about what affected women, either the uterus or the penis. Which is still
1: our, the current experience in society is, I don't know how many times I've heard women express that they had a man ask them. Oh, are you on your Uh, period? Is it your time of the month? I'm like, no, I can cry because I'm a human Mm -hmm. and because life sucks sometimes. Because I'm not pushing down emotions that have been... Right, because I'm not emotionally... Decades and decades of... Repressed. Yes, emotional. Freud believed that hysteria was a result of sexual abuse at an early age for most women. However, he later diagnosed himself with hysteria. So I'm just going to let you draw whatever conclusions from that you will. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. But ultimately, the ancient Greeks and Hippocrates decided that women have this weird-shaped organ that men don't have. And that must be why women do things that men don't do. It could have nothing to do with social conditioning. Okay,
0: so this is like women are experiencing quote-unquote symptoms or things that men don't necessarily understand or agree with. Like women are having opinions and... And so we need to blame it on something
1: because women are less than.
0: exactly Got it. Yeah. So we're like diagnosing her or they with um some type of condition right to suppress them specifically
1: having a wandering womb so mm. i'm sure you are wondering at this point where a womb can wander that was your first question yeah. we're gonna circle back to that because you deserve I'm an answer confused
0: okay so what does that's the problematic i'm like listen you gotta stay where you are so that i know you're kind of tethered in place <laughs> yeah, right there it are seems, other things it seems like operationally speaking like the game, you know, you gotta know what you're going up
1: against. Right. So, what they believed was that the uterus was not actually attached to anything. Well, that's and- fucking wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we now know. That is not the case. Mm-hmm. But they believed that the womb would just like wander around your body and chill in different places. So if it wandered up to your throat, you might misspeak frequently, you might have a sore throat, or mm-hmm. not be able to speak at you all. You might say things that might be inappropriate or right. out of context. Exactly, or, yeah. Um, if it wandered to your diaphragm, you might burp a lot. So oh, really, that's currently That's my what issue. you're
0: experiencing.
1: Yeah. And if it wandered up to your head, then you would become hysterical. Uh, so it was the br- It was like up to your brain. Yeah, it was like your womb wandered up to your head and to your is brain. Which such an
0: interesting like image. Like I'm seeing you, uh huh, across the whole Are room. Are you imagining a of shape? Yeah, I'm like envisioning thing? the uterus in your forehead, kind of like a triangle. <laughs> like a, uh, I'm thinking of Link from Zelda. Sure, yeah, that works too. That's what I'm thinking. (laughs) That works for me. I was thinking Care
1: Bears, but instead of having the tool on their belly, (laughs) they have it on their head. Mm -hmm. So Terry kept solace, who works at the Art Institute of Chicago wrote an article called Hysteria, Witches, and the Wandering Uterus. Oh my God, that sounds fantastic. <laughs> I, I right, want to take this yeah. class. Like, it should be on my bookshelf. Exactly. Right now. <laughs> yeah. So she teaches the yellow wallpaper. Do you remember the short story, The Yellow Wallpaper, which was about a hysterical woman? Oh
0: my God, no. I remember, I think I learned that in like middle school or early yeah. high school. And I remember like a substitute teacher being like, here you go. And then us being like, thanks. Like, I don't know what to do with this. (laughs) Exactly. So... And I feel like that's what most
1: people remember the yellow wallpaper for. Yeah. I actually helped a friend who was in a community college class and was supposed to read the yellow wallpaper and she didn't want to do it.
0: Why not? So, oh, it's so
1: good. But she paid me a hundred bucks to write this paper for Oh, it so was you're great. A
0: pro- <laughs> literally a professional. So, but she's experiencing mental health issues. Right. And believes like the wallpaper has essentially come alive, I think. Yeah, so that's problematic. She's under she, a lot of... Pain. And not receiving treatment. No, I remember her husband being just the worst. Yeah. But Terry says, in the
1: context of what is now the 4,000-year history of the medical diagnosis of hysteria, it's essentially become a wastebasket diagnosis that has, quote, a dump site for all that could be imagined wrong with the women from mm-hmm. around 1900 BCE to the 1950s. Oh, wow. this a 1,000-year swing period. I mean, that's like... 2000 years. It's hard. 1900 BCE. Oh, 1900. Got it. Yes. Yeah. Not 900. Okay. I yes. really hope I got that right. Yeah. I think that that's what she said. Yeah. We'll go back and check. <laughs> uh, if not, look for corrections <laughs> in the, at our website <laughs> then. <laughs> or on our Instagram. But ultimately, I printed out this article for you so that you could have <gasps> it on your bookshelf. You Thank you. Did. No, I love that. I feel like it's so weird and. Oddly specific and something that we both would really enjoy. Absolutely. It's fascinating. Yeah. She goes on to talk about kind of how the understanding of hysteria has shifted and changed over the years. There's a period of time when we blamed it on witches. So Um, thinking about the
0: Salem witch trials and hysteria. Yeah. I imagine it would be, you know, any time a woman showed any kind of behavior that was... Unsatisfactory at the time or unexplainable for any other reason. Right. So yeah. it could be mental health related, but it also could be, you know, a woman who's just exhausted with her, you know, subservient fucking bullshit at Life the time. And yeah. yeah. That sounds really hard. It does.
1: So I guess that brings us to what actually causes the womb to wander. You're right. Like mental health, we now know the root causes of a lot of mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Or at least we think we do. Like, uh-huh. as much as we can theorize about any of it. We know everything. Did we not
0: say that at the beginning that we, oh, the, we should all, all of the answers? Is that? <laughs> uh, we
1: are basically the writers of encyclopedias. <laughs> we know everything. Uh-huh. Yeah. The womb would wander around the body, according to, you know, old white men. Sure. Hungry for semen. Whoa. I'm
0: sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what? <laughs> In all of our years of friendship. I um, have never
0: heard you say that <laughs> word
1: in my I don't think life. I've ever said it. Yikes. Okay. Yeah. Don't so, do it again. All future references to semen... After this episode we'll will be, be omitted. Yeah, you
0: literally just said it again. Yeah, <laughs> I am uncomfortable. I am s- uncomfortable, and you might
1: be for a little while.
0: Longer. Okay, I am scared. Continue. Yeah.
1: So it would wander around the body looking for or hungry for semen. Now the good? reason it would go on these bear hunts for <laughs> <laughs> is uh, because women were reading novels. Oh, or uh, working. Or oh. masturbating. Ah! Oh. Or they had uh, a homosexua- <laughs> homosexual... Uh. <laughs> homosexual... <laughs> <She> homosexual... A <laughs> Homosexual... Okay. Um, or they were exhibiting seductive behaviors. So anytime the uterus was just like, oh, there's something out here that I'm mm-hmm. missing.
0: Let me wander and look for it. So we're like at risk at any time, essentially. Uh, you and I are highest on the list. <laughs> if we're <laughs> wondering womb bingo, then yapsy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Precisely. Yikes. Okay. Yeah, this is the best and worst case scenario mm-hmm. for us. Cool. 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 <laughs> because the treatments aren't really much better. Oh God. So once the womb has started to wander, you got to figure out how to get it back to the right place. So I'm so scared. <laughs> a few common options: a genital massage provided by an improved
0: provider. <laughs> So not not <laughs> so masturbation. Not you. You. you can't you can't, it. you can't cure your your wandering womb but a stranger can. A
1: stranger can and it probably would not have been a man just assuming that people were very conservative. Sure. And perhaps pious or, um, you know, they were just covered up most of the time. I may be wrong about that. Like a midwife? That's kind of what I'm thinking. Okay. But homosexual tendencies were frowned upon.
0: Got it. The homosexual, the bisexual.
1: Right. So theoretically, a woman... Could be approved as a provider to provide genital massage to a woman who had a wandering <laughs> womb.
0: Mm. And along
1: as, as long as it was approved, it was not considered a homosexual. So tendency. you would be
0: lining up, knocking on the door <laughs> of the midwife. More than likely, I assume
1: it was like a local doctor, and like, because men are creepy. Men are. Right? Yeah. You're not wrong. So I could really see this going either way. Mm. Um, another common treatment was marriage. Oh, like a, okay. And then yeah. mm. intercourse, because clearly uh. you get the womb what it wants and it goes back to where it's supposed the to be. The semen. The semen. Okay. I'm having
0: and then a hard time with us
1: Having the semen <laughs> <laughs> in the uterus anchors uh. it down because suddenly there will be a baby growing there. Okay. Or a zygote <laughs> or fetus or embryo, Whatever stage. Whatever
0: <laughs> Of life you're at, yeah. Um, so okay, so they're saying that settling down, being in a hetero relationship with a husband, yeah, and a and a baby is best case scenario. Okay, for so for that how will cause. So essentially, that's implying that the hysteria is coming from single and what unwed, unwed women or
1: women who are not being satisfied in their marriage. Mm-hmm. Which is a lot
0: still. You know, (laughs) reading books will cause you to think. I mean, have you read Fifty Shades of Grey? I have not. Me. But I've seen the movies. Oh, I haven't. Uh -uh. (laughs) They weren't really my cup of tea. Right. Personally? Yeah, I've seen them. They're problematic. Okay. So I equate Fifty Shades of Grey to Twilight because. (laughs) The lead female roles don't really develop. Like, I'm like, Bella, I want so much for you. And then... And you might be being abused by this person that you love. Right. Yeah. Like, why are, why is he in your room? You're 17. Why is he watching yeah. you sleep? And then also, like, he's tying you up. You're a virgin. And um, you should probably see what else is out there. Yeah. And
1: also, if you're going to engage in BDSM, have a contract. Like, ha- talk about safe words. They have a contract. Oh, I didn't actually read the book or movie. Yes, they have a contract. Didn't he, like, not abide by the contract at some point? He Yes. Okay, Christ. so abide goes, by the contract yes. that you sign. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew there was something with a contract.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, on, I'm yeah. on track here. Yeah, I can I don't love BS my way him. through anything. Don't love him. I think it would be a lot different if he didn't have, like, millions of dollars. Yeah. I think she'd be like, this is fucking crazy. Yeah, it's not great. But he does. So, another really common treatment
1: was an ovaryectomy. So, different uh-huh. than a mastectomy.
0: Uh huh. Well, a uh, mastectomy is
1: right. For us, so, right? this is removing the ovaries. Okay. So, okay. And I guess everything else that's down there, like a full hysterectomy, but they specifically referenced an overactive So, a, hyst- a
0: hysterectomy is just removing the uterus, and then a uterectomy is taking out just the, uh, the ovaries? Sure, <laughs> we
1: know what we're talking about. It's unclear at this time. <laughs> so those are possible treatment options. Okay. Now the rise of the diagnosis, and we've sort of touched on this already, but it was about the time that women were gaining access to education and to mm-hmm. spaces where historically men had been,
0: yeah, um, go, girl. able to go. Yeah. So I feel like this is also, and this is. Not fact checked at all, but like when germs were like becoming a thing, like people understood like what germs were, you know? So, like, there's a lot of like new information coming at you,
1: right? I mean, without knowing exactly when germs hit the scene, we'll have to do some research on that. Mm -hmm. Um, when did germs
0: quote unquote (laughs) hit the scene?
1: (laughs) But I, I assume that you're probably right. I mean, medical advances, kind of like technology today, happened in a boom. Mm-hmm. so that would be a great assumption um we'll roll with it there's now mass hysteria not just female hysteria about like all right sorts of now? things
0: like right now no during during the this germs one. i mean right now also <laughs> but then also correct during your time yes also now i'm feeling
1: apprehensive every time i'm like mass hysteria mm-hmm. <laughs> it's ref- we're Feminizing everyone around us because hysteria is born from uteruses. So
0: what? So, feminize the world, girl. Let it rain. Rain on me. (laughs) Lady (laughs) Gaga.
1: Okay. I think I already gave you the time span, which is like BCE until the 1950s. I first heard about the wandering womb in a Shakespeare class with a super cute Shakespeare teacher. That I may or may not have had a small crush on. Uh
0: huh. Um, so Who I was definitely pay, pay,
1: paying attention. Sure. Yeah. The teacher made the argument that Ophelia of Hamlet mm-hmm. was actually suffering from a wandering womb, which would have been a common diagnosis during <gasps> Shakespeare's time.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean. So she
1: was definitely like, whether you call it hysteria, yeah. wandering womb, struggling with an abusive partner. Yeah. It all kind of comes back together and we're we're gonna put it under the umbrella of a wandering womb and and she ends up how does the story end with her uh killing herself right yeah yeah so not great not a great outcome for ophelia no the diagnosis really rose about the time of the victorian era uh which is when queen victoria was Mm. reigning Oh, vicky Oh, Vicky, yes. <laughs> um, and women's wombs were being blamed for everything, and that was until like I think the early 1900s. Until like the
0: early 1990s, is that what you said.
1: Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I said.
0: Early 2000s. Thank Actually, you for I putting know. words in my mouth. It's current. This would have been Queen
1: Elizabeth's mother. Oh, Vicky, A little senior. Little history lesson. Yeah, <laughs> got it. Fortunately, the diagnosis of hysteria has now gone out of fashion as of like the 1950s. Mm -hmm. And now we have our DSM 5, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual fifth edition, um, which helps us to diagnose actual mental health issues and not just blame it on the uterus. Yeah.
0: So that's so interesting. I hate it. I hate that. I hate that that's part of our history. I do too. I also
1: love how off base men were. Like how wrong. Just clueless. No bit of that. Which is still relevant to this Day. Exactly, 1,000%. Yeah. So I enjoy it from the perspective of ancient Greeks got a lot right. Like they figured out, you know, some cool math stuff, some mm-hmm. rhetoric. Yeah. Really like, great don't stuff. Don't your patients. Yeah. You know, do no harm. Good stuff. They were so off point on <laughs> a wandering womb that it's laughable. Yeah. But it also influences so much of the way that we still think about mental health especially in women Mm -hmm. and I don't think people realize how deep it goes and how far back it goes like hysteria is directly linked to a body part that that some people have yeah
0: um yes it is super problematic and also some has changed possibly but maybe not I I mean not as much as we would have liked um and I think it has a lot to do with um the way that you are exposed to things and nature versus nurture which i'm sure we'll get to in a later episode oh absolutely um so there's a lot of factors in it but you did a fantastic job on your very first segment i'm so proud of you yes girl are you ready for mine Hang on, let me prepare. Okay. (laughs) Mentally? Yeah, I think I'm ready. I'm there. Okay. My uterus is where it should be. Right. Okay. So I am going to be covering a historical topic for this week. For our psychology and history podcast? That is correct, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to be covering a, a large variety of history. Over okay. the course of our podcast. Oh, I thought
1: you meant this one episode. No, I was no, going no. to be so is impressed. This
0: specific. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but we might be talking about people. We might be talking about events, concepts. All of that is to be determined in TBD. the future. Yep tbd but today i'm going to be talking about the boston tea Party.
1: <laughs> okay i have a challenge for you oh god do the entire podcast in your best
0: boston <laughs> no, accent it's so offensive boston harbor okay no i can't <laughs> boston right. harbor I like to bring... No, I can't. Okay. Okay. All right. So um, I'm going to bring us back to a time when tea was like really hitting its stride. Okay. So we know that the practice of drinking tea goes back to like the third millennium BC. Oh, for In sure. China, right? It's not something that the Europeans invented. Drinking tea in England became popular in the 1660s. Okay. When King Charles II and his beautiful wife kind of made it... Poppin. Yeah, yeah. They were like the people to, to watch at the time. So tea um, had had transitioned from something that was like really upper class to something that was really accessible to all people and it became kind of ingrained in the culture. Well,
1: that's probably a good thing because one of the things I know about tea is that it's made with hot water. Yeah. And um it's I assume hot leaf were- water
0: versus hot bean
1: water, which coffee is. <laughs> Which I also love. Um, and so glad that went on the rise at some point. Useless without. (laughs) (laughs) So true. So I imagine like especially people in rural communities were probably boiling water because like to purify it. Oh yeah. So tea would have given it a little bit more flavor. Yes. Made it more palatable. At that
0: time that water was
1: disgusting. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta boil your water. Yeah. My
0: one thousand percent
1: yeah my second trip to germany we went to a small town that was known for having like clean water oh in the 16th century Mm -hmm. 1600s in germany this is the 1660s darling. (laughs) so uh, this exact moment in time people were taking like pilgrimages to this oh like they called it uh babbling brook what like a babbling brook it was a little hand pump Oh, a hand pump? Yeah, a little oh, hand pump. Okay. and But it was clean water, so people who were sick would come here and drink this water and thought it had magical properties, but really it was just clean.
0: Really, they were just like dehydrated yeah. AF. Yeah. <laughs> And really could use a and had the dysentery. <laughs> oh my god. So Britain was in debt at the time because of the French and Indian War. And I'm not gonna go into like a ton of detail because it might be something that I wanna cover at a later time. But Absolutely. the American colonists were kind of creating an income for themselves by selling some exotic goods back to England at the time because okay. of the differences in agriculture and just the different scenery. Um, And they started growing tobacco and shipping that off to England. And the middle class of the colonists kind of grew. And the middle class of back home grew as well from selling these goods that the American, quote unquote, colonists were um, selling back and forth. Sure. We're going to fast forward to 1765. And in order to gain back some of the uh, lost revenue that um, England had, Britain implemented the Stamp Act. Stamp Act. (laughs) (laughs) And this taxed every single piece of printed paper. Okay, this is coming
1: back to me. Is this like the taxation without representation? That comes later. Okay. But
0: essentially, yes. Okay. But this, the Stamp Act is going to be taxing playing cards, newspapers, anything that was in paper form. And if you think about it at the time, besides like theater and storytelling, all of their entertainment was printed. So right. books, anything educational. So that was kind of a huge blow to them the rental the time. Pamphlet. The what? Oh, we're
1: not quite at Alexander Hamilton. We are not entering the story. No. Him
0: and Peggy <laughs> are up in New York, but almost uh, I mean they're alive Eliza. at this time. Eliza's there. Peggy's still alive. All of them are alive at this point. Okay. But they're up in New York City. So we're not quite, we're not quite there yet. Okay. Almost. So 1767, two years later, um, the Townshend Acts were implemented, which tax essentials like paint, glass, lead, and tea. So this is going on top of of the paper stamp act right so basically things are becoming more and more taxed okay so britain thinks that these taxes are fair because they consider the majority of their debt to be incurred essentially fighting on behalf of the colonists and the colonists are like we don't really want (laughs) to we really just want to be alone please and england is like you'll be back (laughs) right exactly so this is the point where the no taxation without representation, and in theory, all along, you're absolutely right. Um, and the where this comes from is that because they weren't represented in parliament, so they're paying taxes. They're essentially a colony or a state of Britain, mm-hmm. and yet they don't have a seat at the table.
1: You know what's interesting to me is that when I was living in D.C., mm-hmm. more op- so D.C.'s license plate... Says taxation without representation, except I had always been taught that it was no taxation without representation. Yeah. Um, So I feel like there's some funny. That's interesting. Thing that may have happened at some point for them to just leave off the no. They're
0: like the no wouldn't fit on <laughs> the license not plate. Not relevant, actually. Yeah. No, the no is like critically important, <laughs> part, important part. They're like, <laughs> do not tax me unless I can vote and have a say so in the government that rules me. But how ironic that DC <clears> is now like, ooh. But maybe
1: taxation without representation.
0: <laughs> They're like, please do not Who leave hand with the Trump tax? administration. Anyway, so this is kind of the point where smuggling began, not only of tea, but any of the the taxable um Captain items. Jack Sparrow is still in the sea at this point, and He shows up pirating pirating DVDs. Um, but ninety percent of the tea at this point was smuggled in. Okay. okay. So, tax enforcement began, and all I can think of is, um, have you ever seen Popeye? The Sailor Man? Yes. (laughs) So, the, um, like, it's the feature-length film. um, I've seen the cartoon. Okay. Like, the new... No, this is not new. This is like in the sixty, like no seventies, probably. Robin, this is like Robin Williams' like very first feature. Film. It's the weirdest thing you've ever seen. No. It's my dad's favorite movie. It's like super oh obscure. My God. I'm sure we will cover it in a cult film. I cannot segment wait. at some point. It's very strange, but anyway, there's like this guy who shows up and he's like the taxation guy, and he's like, <laughs> oh, it's like ten cents for like a boat tax and you know tax or whatever. And everybody's, like super you don't great him. Robin Williams impression well that's not that's the taxation guy <laughs> that was not Robin Robin, Robin Williams, Williams was Popeye, is Popeye. yes he's I got would, the hefty forearms and everything I mean that makes more sense yes, that I think about this yes. but um anyway so the there's tax enforcement that's going on now and also there's British soldiers or British guards that are still present in the colonies because of the French and Indian War that happened. And there's a huge discrepancy about how people are feeling about them being there because the colonists are like, okay, the war's over. Like, you can go ahead and go back home now. And they're like, "Mm, maybe not. Probably not. Tax enforcement were collecting taxes and they actually fired on a mob in Boston, which we now know as the Boston Massacre. And this began with a group of, quote, unruly colonists And they were throwing ice and snow because it's fucking cold (laughs) in Boston. (laughs) You Um, don't say. And like oyster shells and all these kind of things that these British soldiers and the British guards were not having it. And what do you think they do? They're going to call their buddies. They're going to call their... Hey, Jim. Yeah. Bob. Yeah. Charles. Roger, Roger. We need backup. So their reinforcement calls in... And what do they do? But they fire into the crowd. That's mm-hmm. problematic. Yes, it sure um, is, and still very relevant to absolutely. our currently. Unfortunately,
1: absolutely. Um, and I think that you know, firing into a crowd as a tactic for controlling people is something that we see frequently. Unfortunately, it's also so damaging. Oh, one thousand percent. Like people are always going to be cro- caught in the crossfire. It does nothing to build trust or communication. No, like it immediately escalates things. No, absolutely. And they killed
0: five people. Oh, yeah, they killed five people. And so obviously everybody's really, really upset. Everybody's really pissed. So eventually, and rightfully so, absolutely. So eventually, because of this particular instance, they pulled back their taxes on on essentially everything else except for tea. And why tea? I don't know. Because everyone was drinking tea. (laughs) Right. Because that's a huge, a huge thing. So um, the British East Indian Company was selling the British, was selling to the British, but they couldn't sell to America directly because everything was coming from Britain. Everything was funneling through Britain to the Americas. So they couldn't sell directly to the Americas. Okay. I see. Or to the American colonies, I should say. Sure. Yeah. So, um, once everyone started smuggling tea into America, they really saw a hit in their business. So, they're basically begging the British government at this point, please, like, let us sell directly to the colonies. Mm -hmm. And they eventually give in. And so, in 1773, the Tea Act came to be. And this allowed the British East Indian Company to sell directly to the colonies. This is duty-free but it's still taxed, okay? So, this actually decreased the price of tea significantly from when it was being funneled from the from Britain, which makes sense because of the cost that it's going to take them oh, to, absolutely. to take it to, yeah. the, to the colonies, right? At the same time, the colonists at the time didn't think that they should be taxed at all. So, they did not support this agreement and they considered it a monopoly just like we do tons of companies that are monopolies in our area <laughs> hashtag a few. spectrum mobile <laughs> or spectrum in general and verizon
1: at least in this area and so many others amazon Sponsored monopoly the
0: board game by all, all <laughs> of the above Groups started popping up kind of all around the colonies at this point, one of which was the Sons of Liberty, which was led by Samuel Adams. And very similar to the uh, Daughters of the American
1: Revolution. <laughs> Sons of Liberty... Mm-hmm. Daughters of the American Revolution.
0: Sons, daughters. identical. (laughs) Literally identical. This was a group of uh, colonial merchants and tradesmen, and they founded to protest the Stamp Act originally. And now the fight was in full swing, okay? So ships were arriving in the colonies, specifically in New York and Philadelphia, and they actually turned the ships of tea away because they were like, no, we don't accept this. We're not paying tax on this. We can get it smuggled in by our, our friend so and so. Yeah, right. So it was. All we got time. a guy now. Yeah, we got to go. We don't need you. Get off my property. <laughs> so in Charleston, South Carolina, they did allow the ships to come in, but they basically wouldn't let anybody come aboard, like on land. Mm-hmm. They kept everybody on their ships, and then basically the crops like rotted. Right. At port, essentially. So They want a revolution. Yeah. They were like, no. We want a revelation. (laughs) Yes. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. In December sixteenth, seventeen seventy three, which is Sagittarius season.
1: shout out shout out <laughs> to the sage
0: um so the sons of liberty held a rally in griffin's wharf which is in boston massachusetts and they were waiting upon the arrival of dartmouth which was a great british indian company it's carrying tea also a university is it one of the ivies uh, it is featured in the feature film super bad i do know that <laughs> they do discuss it we know, know. so much i am a professional um dartmouth was joined by two sister ships do you want to guess the names of the two sister ships columbia and yale okay that's really good (laughs) but no (laughs) these are two things that you might also appreciate um beaver and eleanor two of my (laughs) favorite things (laughs) (laughs) hashtag eleanor roosevelt (laughs) and Um, beavers <laughs> so, five thousand Bostonians gathered, and like, how the hell you organize a meetup of five thousand people in the 1770s? Lots of carrier I pigeons. No idea. They all came together, and they voted not to pay for the taxes or allow the tea to be unloaded, stored, or sold. So, like, keep the ships on the dock, basically. Yeah, Do not allow them to come. So. Aboard, okay? uh, You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here, is essentially what they're saying. Um, So their governor at the time, his name was Thomas Hutchinson, he refused to allow the ships to return to Britain with the crops. So there's obviously a contradictory element to the people and the government I feel so bad for the captain of these ships mm-hmm. who's just like well what the fuck do I do He's He's like, like I, p- I got pain to like bring guys, this here I got off this thing I just think about like Sam <laughs> um and Frodo like going <laughs> to the ring and they're like all I have left is this bread oh bless you we got animals sneezing over here <laughs> <laughs> but anyway so there was obviously uh, you you know, conflicting ideologies here so this is this shit's problematic so perk your ears up here All so right. 50 men out of the uh 5, men on that night dressed as native americans okay Full so stop let's stop rewind reconsider that decision we cannot because it is happening already or has happened already so they cry they were like screaming quote boston harbor a teapot tonight so they're like, we're gonna turn this sh- this harbor into a teapot. So while being dressed as
1: indigenous people, correct?
0: Yes. So essentially, they board these ships and they throw 342 tea chests over the three the the three ships in the harbor. It took three hours, and there was 45 tons of tea that was tossed overboard, which costs over a million dollars today. I mean, way to do some
1: damage. But why the hell do you have to dress as an indigenous? I know it's it's like Halloween costumes today. Oh my god! You have so many I, options to choose I know. from. I know. Don't choose the problematic ones. I
0: know. No, it's really also, terrible.
1: Knowing what's going on and coming for indigenous people in North or er, in the North Americas even worse.
0: Well, I'm sure we'll talk about this in the intersectionality portion, but the fact that they chose because they they didn't want to be identified, right, which is why they are dressing as Native Americans, which is problematic in and of itself, but the fact that they wanted another group of people to be blamed for right. this essentially crime or this No, absolutely. Um, protest which they didn't want to claim at the time, is interesting. It sounds
1: to me kind of like how fascists showed up at the Black Lives Matter protests Mm -hmm. and escalated things just to blame it on anti-fascists and Black Lives Matter protesters. Yeah, yes. So I, I, I think it's kind of the same thing in the sense that people are trying to pass the blame off on somebody else when they create destruction. 1,000%. Now, I am not not in support of the Boston Tea Party. Mm -hmm. I just don't like how they did it.
0: No, agreed. What's interesting is that they swept the docks completely clean. They completely cleaned up after themselves, and they left (laughs) absolutely polite. (laughs) I know, which is interesting, because they were fucking dickheads for dressing up as they were. And yet, they... Cleaned up completely after themselves, so it was a very organized protest with problematic undertones, for sure. And so, overtones. King George the Third, which is the king at the time directly responded to this with the course of acts of 1774 which closed the boston harbor until the tea lost in the boston tea party was paid for which never fucking happened <laughs> no uh, we peaced out of there soon, yeah, they're like, Bye.
1: they don't know it yet alexander hamilton is coming right
0: he's coming he's coming also ended the Massachusetts Constitution and it ended free election for town officials, which I think is so interesting because he was basically like, democracy is over for you. You report to me now. Yeah. He moved judicial authority to Britain and British judges. So again, kind of playing into that last point. Right. And he extended freedom of worship. So this is like the random one. So he extended, this is like, I feel like he was like, let me just throw out this. <laughs> Here's he ex- a bone. He extended worship of freedom to French Canadian Catholics under British rule, which angered the mostly Protestant colonists so which is the most ignorant thing I've ever heard <laughs> well I think this is so funny it's kind of like
1: when a kid gets grounded mm-hmm. like when you're a teenager and you get your driver's license and you can go out and then you break curfew or you do something dumb and your parents are like oh well I'm taking the keys back mm-hmm. and I'm taking the car back mm-hmm. and just to kick you one more time I'm going
0: to give your little sibling, <laughs> <Right>. the keys <laughs> to ice, ice cream. cream. Okay, okay, or that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's interesting because they got really, really upset about the fact that another group of people got equality or privileges, which we'll talk about later too. But a point that I want to make now is that it's interesting because we know that history is written from the winner's perspective. And it's important to understand, and I we hear this quote all the time, that equality is not a pie Yeah, it's not a pie. If you have a piece, it doesn't mean that it's less for me, right?
1: It's an infinite number of pies, exactly. And I can have a whole damn pie. You can can have have a whole damn
0: pie and a little fork to go right with it. Uh, Just a tiny fork. Um,
1: and I think that that's so true, especially when you're looking at issues like you know freedom of religion, Mm -hmm. because that's the point you just made. Which also that's
0: a majority of the reason why. People wanted to leave from yeah from
1: Europe was to have the Quakers and the Shakers and, and the Candlestick and the Makers <laughs> wanted to come to the U.S. But just because I can you know celebrate whatever religion I choose doesn't mean you can't. Right. Except that currently, well, I mean <laughs> that's a mess. yeah. Um, so maybe
0: not the best example, but theoretically, <laughs> in theory. Most colonists felt that this act went way overboard. So delegates from the thirteen colonies, except for Georgia, Georgia was a little far away. She, yeah, he was, they were sleepy.
1: South. sleepy. It was late. Mimi, they didn't check their
0: voicemail when <laughs> oh, no, they went right. to bed. They're so like, somebody from Philadelphia wants to talk to you. That's how they mm-hmm. talk in Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, nah. No. I'm just gonna let that go to voicemail. I'm gonna let that go to voicemail, honey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they, but everybody except for Georgia met in Philadelphia, which is also like just like being the odd one out. Like that's just so. I feel like it'd be like, well, got to wait on Georgia. They're gonna be an extra I know. five days. Five days. Later, and they're like, well, so they're like, let's go hang out with some sex workers while we're waiting. Check out Am that, I right? <laughs> check out that red light district. Yeah. We saw some good reviews (laughs) (laughs) on Yelp. (laughs) Yelp is the worst. (laughs) Like Google. Yeah. Google is like, uh, you know, you only trust a percentage, but Yelp is like, uh, okay. Yeah. So the group locks themselves away for, for a month. So That's like plenty of time for Georgia to get there. <laughs> I know, right? Like, where, <laughs> where are you? Get your memo that lost You're in the mail. Four weeks late. And so they came out um, and they had written something called the Declaration and Resolves, which basically censored Britain for passing the course of acts. So they were like, eh, nope. No 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 no. Brah, brah. They established an official boycott on British goods. Um, so they declared that the colonists had the right to govern independently. And they also rallied the colonists to form and train a colonial militia. Um, I feel like this was what inspired the
1: founding fathers to include the right to bear arms and make it number two in the constitution.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Because. Probably. Let's speculate for sure. That is exactly (laughs) the reason,
1: my friend. Yeah. Um, You have arms. I have arms. Bears, uh, have arms. <laughs> bears
0: have arms now i'm picturing a bear with arms well with human arms bears right. do have arms yep i got a big head and little <laughs> arms except that so much has changed
1: like thinking about firing into a crowd today mm-hmm. versus firing into a crowd in oh 1773 my God, they had like the
0: musket balls and, like, it, it was so hard to reload your weapon. Yeah. You had to, like, put gunpowder yeah, in every just, time and the stick. I'm and- surprised they even
1: hit five people. That <laughs> shit's so unreliable. It's so inaccurate.
0: My last sentence before we get into intersectionality is that Britain was like, mm, nah, to these requests. <laughs> and uh, within a few months, the shot heard round the world uh, rang out in Concord, Massachusetts. Which sparked the start of the revolutionary whore. Wow. Yes. Bravo. Mm. Brava. Thank you so much. Great job to you. So, CA, how do these two topics intersect? So,
1: you said something about history being told from the winner's perspective. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's kind of the key to our intersectionality this week. Yeah. Because. The story of women has been told from the perspective of men. Yeah. This particular story of the Boston Tea Party, I think that the colonists, quote unquote colonists, mm-hmm. feel as though they wanted white men are the ones who told the story. Mm-hmm. So. Who tells our story? Who lives, who dies? <laughs> who tells our story? Because mm-hmm. this is now a Hamilton podcast. This
0: is a Hamilton podcast, exactly.
1: Um, with your Hamilton cup. Yes, I do have a Hamilton cup. She's right here. Rise up. <laughs> I think that the, the commonality here is that the story of the wandering womb was not told from the perspective of women. Yeah. And also, in your story, you had indigenous people who were being taken advantage of and murdered and yeah. like removed from their land. Yes. And then essentially being set up.
0: Right. Um, to be perceived as the people. Right. With potential... Uh, criminal uh, repercussions. Absolutely. Yeah, that's super shitty. And I wish, you know, the the purpose of the Boston Tea Party is to be a protest mm-hmm. and to be a, like, fuck you to right. their current um, situation. And, I, and I'm ashamed that it went down the way that it did. Yeah. Because we were not taught that portion. Of the Boston Tea Party in school, which of course, because. I mean, it why goes, would they? But. Exactly, yeah. Because white men
1: write our history books. Exactly. Which is. Always w- written by the winners. Absolutely. But you're right. Like, ultimately, other than. I hate to say other than the piece where they impersonate um, indigenous people, other than that, it is, I don't want to say coming of age, but. It's an act of rebellion that eventually leads to our freedom from England. Mm -hmm. Whether or not we should have been here is a whole different story. It is. But.
0: Which we know. Yeah. Is is a no. And I'm sure that we're going to talk about a lot of these topics again later. Understanding fully the history that uh, preceded events and where people's thoughts and, and brains were at the time and like their Their rationale yeah i think that that shows a lot about why things ended up the way that they did and that's kind of like the the jumping off point for why we decided that we wanted to do this was to understand the world right and understand how we are everything came to to be where we are right in this moment especially under such turmoil that we're under No, absolutely. And who is telling the stories?
1: How are they being told? Mm -hmm. Who's left out of them? Who's included in them? Yeah. Um, And why? Who does it benefit? Yes. Like, these are all questions that I think you and I are really interested in. 1,000%. Um, And I think it's also, even on the weeks that, like this week, we may not have had everything in common between our two Mm -hmm. stories. I don't think there's a direct correlation (laughs) between the wandering the But also, we
0: don't know what each other's covering every week, which I don't think that we mentioned at the beginning, so I will say now. Yeah, so,
1: I mean, these have not been chosen in tandem. No. We each, in our own little section of Greensboro, picked (laughs) a topic and that we wanted to research and educate the other one about for the week. Yeah. Um, So I think it's okay that... They don't always intersect so long as we acknowledge, like, these are still things that do have an impact on each other, or at least the way that we understand them now. Yes,
0: 1,000%. And I think that that's what it's all about. This is the hokey pokey.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You beat me to it. I was about to say the exact same thing. Yes. (laughs) All right, my friend. All right, I guess
0: we're done for the night. I think so. We're this wrapping is- <laughs> up our first episode. So excited! <laughs> Me too. Cheers to that, my friend. Cheers. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. If you support us, blink twice. And if you're out there, keep listening. Thank you for listening to podcasts without an audience. Find us on social media at Pod Without an Odd. You can find us on Instagram or Facebook. Or find us on the web at podcastwithoutanaudience.com. Shoot us an email at pod without an odd at gmail.com. Our cover art is created by an actual angel, Ashley Acevedo. Our music is by Zach Smith and Ted Oliver. Editing by Jacob Beeson. We hope you enjoyed today's
1: episode and all of our nerdy content. Please consider leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us today. Oh, and check out our Patreon for exclusive content and our pasta recipe.